Oh, hey guys. Thank you for joining in. It is time for the officially unofficial podcast of Rockford, Illinois. That's right. It's time for Live from the 815. Episode 31, live from the 815 Podcast. It is the usual. It's me, Colton, St. Vincent. It's Jake, Jake LaRue. Uh, we got a big old show for you. Uh, me and Jake had a nice little interview. Didn't we, Jake? Hello. We did. We did. Hello, everybody. An awesome interview with someone I listen to almost every day. Yeah. Mr. Danny Parkins of 670 The Score. So. Yeah, host of Spiegel and Parkins every morning on 670 The Score, Danny Parkins. He came, he, uh, came on, we talked some Chicago sports, talked about his chances in the Octagon, so um, give that a listen when you are all set. I mean, not when you're all set, when we're all set. This is our show. I don't care what you yeah, guys. Yeah, we'll throw it in whenever we feel like it. Now. No, I got you good. No, it's not now, it's later. You gotta listen to a little bit of us talk. Yeah, we're, uh, gonna, we're gonna talk some sports here. Jake, what do yeah, you go? Let's stick with sports. The sports. Super Bowl is set. I'm sure you all know it is gonna be Eagles-Patriots. Which is, uh, you know, <laughs> the Patriots, not not exactly an exciting uh, Super Bowl matchup for most people, I would assume. How are you feeling about it? Hot or cold? Um, <clears throat> I give the Eagles a negative 45% chance of winning that game. Uh, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, Nick Foles did look pretty dang good last week. The only way... The Minnesota Vikings. He tore them up. The only way the Eagles win that game is if Tom Brady, like, gets hurt. And and uh, doesn't play, and then Brian, and then it's a Brian Hoyer Nick Foles Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that that's just a hell I don't want to live through. But I don't know. I think I think I can give the Eagles. They definitely impressed me versus Minnesota because Minnesota that's a good defense, and the Eagles just have a ton of weapons. And my only argument to how the Eagles can win is the Patriots do one thing well on defense, and that's take away your number one option, and they make you do it the other way. The Eagles have like five number one options so they you know they got t- two good running backs three good running backs honestly they got Alshon Jeffrey Zach Ertz you know uh, Nelson Aguilar is actually making plays Mike and Trout Mike Trout's on their side so the chosen one so did, yeah did you, I think did you see today that uh Mike Trout 10%. Mike Trout said he's not gonna go to the Super Bowl because he wants to watch the commercials yeah, I mean, I think he said he wants he'd rather stay at home and watch the commercials, which I somewhat agree with because you know I can understand wanting to just watch the game at uh, your house so you can really get into the game. But if, uh, if you're t- if the Packers are are in the Super Bowl and you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, oh yeah, I'm going. But I, you know, uh, yeah, I guess the yeah. Eagles aren't exactly going to be in it a lot. Exactly, so yeah, that is kind of a lame duck excuse. But yeah, you can I afford it. I really don't. Uh, I really don't see the Eagles even even covering. I'm pretty sure they are like one of the biggest Super Bowl underdogs ever. Um, yeah, but the Jags were weren't supposed to cover, and they covered. So but yeah, but the ja- the Jags defense is like. I heard a uh, comparison the other day. If you put um, Ravens uniforms on the Jags, people would expect that spread to be like one or two points. People would have. Everyone, everyone would say that that is a classic Ravens defense, and that's like the kind of team that should scare the Patriots. Yeah, I mean they were really impressive, but uh, technically, I think the Vikings were the number one defense this year, and then the Jaguars were two, and the Eagles were actually four. So these Eagles aren't pushovers, and I think they can uh, they can rough up Tom Brady a little bit. They got a ton of pass rushers, so there there is a path for the Eagles to win. I, all hope is not lost. I think I think it's gonna be a blowout. I'm pushing all my money on the Pats. Also, I don't, I don't think I told you I'm gonna start gambling again. <laughs> oh, smart. That's yeah, yeah. I went through a little bit of it when I first turned 21. Um, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for this show because because that way I'll know more teams. I'll watch more sports. Oh man, what honestly big shout out to me. Now I hear his work. Tell us, you know, so we know when you're losing money. It's it's, it's gonna be every episode. It's gonna be every episode. Love that. 
You know, you know who's really gonna love it is my sister who listens to all of our episodes. <laughs> She's gonna text me and be like, "Are you seriously gonna gamble?" And I was like, "Eh," but we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Hey, Jordan, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> but, um, you want to jump into uh, the Vikings and Jaguars? The two teams that lost are in somewhat disarray. They don't know their quarterback situation coming up the next two years. The Vikings, for one, have three quarterbacks on their roster for the next couple months until they're all free agents. And the Jaguars have Blake Portals on the hook for one more year and like $19 million. So they No, I thought, I thought Blake was a, I thought it was a team option. They already accepted it. Oh, really? Yeah, they accepted it before the year, which is surprising. You know, the Bears didn't even accept Kyle Fuller's team option. But, uh, yep, the Jags have him for one more year, and the Vikings don't have any quarterbacks. So both of them are, in my opinion, prime candidates to get old Kirk Cousins, who I'm a Kirk. huge fan of. Um, you know, because Captain Kirk's going to want, like, 25, right? Twenty. I don't know yeah. how much how much he, 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 he makes now with the uh, cap. Or not the cap, but the, what is it called? Franchise tag. Franchise tag. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to want to, he's going to want a long-term deal sooner or later. He's been getting drug along by the Redskins for long enough. I think he's, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of teams that are looking for quarterbacks, but the two teams that just lost in the AFC and NFC championship games needing a quarterback seems like a perfect fit for a veteran, you know, top 10, top 15 quarterback every year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think the the Jags just showed they don't need a top quarterback to, to be good. That defense is young, and they're really good. Well, how helpful would it have been when they were up four to be able to throw the ball a little bit? You know, not but, be terrified. Bortles played fine. It was not, it was. Yeah, uh, but they did not let him throw in the fourth quarter. They were terrified of him turning the ball over, so they just ran, 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 punt. Ran, 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 punt. If they had a quarterback who was they could trust, Absolutely, I think they win that game. And they just didn't trust Blake Bortles. He had a few nice throws in the first half, and he, he played a pretty good game, but you could tell they didn't trust him. Well, I trust him. I think he's hilarious. I think I I think he, I like Bortles as a person. I think he should start, but... Did you know he yeah. was recruited in college as a tight end? Really? Yeah, so he's not even like a natural quarterback. Yeah, like, you know, kind of, you can kind of tell. Well, I'm I'm a huge fan. He keeps progressing, baby steps here and there, and now he's now he's an average, uh, he's he's an average quarterback, and which I think is all all they need. I would put him below average. Probably. I disagree. How about that one? Well, I that's not acceptable. <laughs> well, I'm Team Blake, and when he wins the Super Bowl next year, you're gonna be kissing my ring, kissing my boot. <laughs> okay, you, you stick with the Bortles hype train. I'm gonna. I'm going to assume... I'm I've been on the Bortles hype train for like three years. I know. Ever, you named your fantasy football team after him like two years ago, and you haven't looked back. I really haven't. I'm, hey, hey, Blake, I know you're listening. Um, big fan. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we can get a Blake Bortles interview, but he'll probably won't come on because I keep telling him he's going to lose his job. Uh, also, yeah, that's the, that's the only thing that's, that's, that's holding us back from a uh, Blake Bortles interview. <laughs> he's not busy, so... I think that's enough NFL talk for today, though. Yeah, I agree. We can have a little more Super Bowl talk when it gets closer, maybe. You know, we'll see. Uh, let's jump into the NBA. And it finally happened. I was calling for it for a while. Jason Kidd has been fired from head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Hooray. Hooray is uh, is right. The only thing that I kind of am scared about is is how much Giannis loved him. Yeah, I, there were stories that he called him, and Giannis is devastated, which is upsetting and adorable at the same time because Giannis is, Giannis is just so, such a nice guy, such a nice kid. Honestly, he's. Um, <laughs> I think he'll get over it though. I think he'll, the next coach, whoever it is, will be hard on him and will learn to love him. Because there are stories of kid and Giannis not getting along in the past, but they got over it. So. Uh, you know, it's not like it was a perfect relationship. Yeah, I mean, well, the Bucks defense is terrible, and it really should be a lot better for how lengthy we are. Yeah, it's uh, it's really bad. I think we're like 23rd in overall defense, which is 
when you have Giannis and Middleton on the floor alone, you know, and John Henson, what's he good for besides defense? So I don't know uh, what's, you know, we got to, hopefully the new coach can fix that. But I also uh, was watching some content about the Bucks, and this guy showed a stat where Giannis is fourth on the Bucks in screen set for him, which is atrocious and disgusting because it makes no sense because Giannis is incredibly efficient on, you know, uh, uh, pick and roll plays. He's like one of the best in efficiency in the league, and he's fourth in the Bucks behind Bledsoe, Middleton, and uh, Brogdon. So that's that makes absolutely no sense. I think Giannis is going to tear it up once under some new coaching, once he's healthy. Um, it's just the assistant the rest of the way, right? Yeah, Prutney or whatever. Yeah, I, that's what it sounds like they're going to do is just let him finish out the season and then decide in the summer. But, you know, there's some exciting coaching candidates out there. ESPN's calling it the hottest coaching vacancy in the, of the offseason. And they don't lie ever. No, I've never heard, you know, ESPN is never hyperbolic. They are constantly just giving it to you straight. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're there for facts and nothing else. No, but it is probably, I mean, next year there's not many going to be that many good job offers. Like, you go coach the Magic or the, you know, you coach the Michael Jordan team. The Cavs, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but how interesting are the Cavs going to be when they, when Isaiah Thomas is a free agent and LeBron James is a free agent at the same time? Well, neither of them come back. Well, if, if you're a coach and you have a chance to get LeBron by making him come back to uh, re-signing on your team, you're, you're, you're going to take that uh, Cleveland job. Oh, yeah, but I think Cleveland will just, or every single team will say, LeBron, we will fire our coach right now and hire whoever you want. Which is, which you is know, what he always does, so that's, that's nothing different. Yeah, which is totally reasonable. I just That's going to be a whole big saga is the LeBron thing. Are you excited for that or what? Well, the the Bulls have the second most money to offer of the whole NBA, so that's that might come back up again. So, <laughs> so get so get ready for the LeBron going to um, uh, Chicago debate. That'll be fun, and uh, it's not like that went badly for all Bulls fans last time, and it's not like it made all of Chicago hate LeBron for several years. Well, speaking of LeBron, um, I just want to bring up a new example of of LeBron being a good, humble person. He went to social media to do some uh, uh, yeah, congratulations. This is his Instagram post. Want to be the first to congratulate you on this accomplishment slash achievement tonight that you'll reach. Only a handful has reached slash seen it too. And while I know it's never been a goal of yours from the beginning, please try to, to take a moment for yourself on how you've done it. So there's, uh, there's so many more. But who do you think that is uh, congratulating out of the entire league? Who do you think is achieving an accomplishment that LeBron is um, uh, happy for? Um, I'm going to guess LeBron because I know the answer. That sentence that I read was about was LeBron talking about himself. He, he posted a picture of young LeBron, high school LeBron, and that's who he's talking to. So LeBron is now a three-time NBA champion, maybe the best player of all time, and a time traveler. So, uh, shout-out to LeBron for being humble, and um, congrats again, young king. Love, strive for greatness. The, <laughs> hashtag the kid from Akron, crown. <laughs> Classic. Maybe it's a Kevin Durant situation, and he forgot to log out of his second, his main account. Uh, God, I hope so. That'd be so cool. So that's all just all these NBA players are really petty on social media. No, they are. It's great. Like I like, know. like people's uh, social media is blowing up now. You got like yeah. uh, Lou Williams and uh, Andre Drummond just like swearing out the NBA for not making them all stars. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. The NBA has been full of drama this year, and uh, one thing they're missing out on in the drama is the All Star game was selected. So that's where the Lou Williams and Andre Drummond drama comes from. But they're not. There's a draft held by LeBron and Steph get to pick their teams, and that is not being televised. And it's just going to be the results are going to be announced. Yeah, that is ridiculous. What a wasted opportunity! I would watch the shit out of that. I mean, 
first of all, first pick goes to Steph Curry. He's obviously probably going to take Kevin Durant, his teammate. Then LeBron's pick, the logical pick is Kyrie Irving. But how awkward is that? You know, that's beautiful. No, if I'm if I'm Steph, I pick Kyrie Irving first. Well, then it, yeah, I guess then it's you and Kyrie. But I think he's going to probably pick his teammate uh, Kevin Durant. Well, I think Kevin it'd be Durant's way funnier. Probably... It's it's way funnier if you pick Kyrie. I to guess, go against I mean, LeBron. Because who cares about the All-Star game? I, I mean, I think LeBron and Kyrie on the same team would would be just as funny because, you know, Kyrie didn't want to play with him anymore. And now LeBron's making him play with him again. If you I'm... Know, that, just that whole... So many storylines would develop. And who's taking last? You know, who's taking ahead of who? Like, the strategy involved would be so entertaining to watch LeBron and Steph go at it. Well, my strategy would be, if I'm Steph, first pick overall, Kyrie, second pick, Kevin Love. And then that way, you cause an, like, like even even more riff. You have Kyrie <laughs> in, in Kevin Love's ear. Um, and just, but you're just using the All-Star game to get yeah, heads. Yes. Genius. Because like the only team that can beat the Warriors is LeBron. So if, if everyone else around LeBron is just fighting and arguing, Kyrie's sitting there cracking up because he, he just like talked uh, Kevin Love's ear off. And now Kevin Love's like, yeah, you know what? He does treat me bad. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that's how I would uh, that's how I would draft. That that makes sense. Thank um, you. It's a fun fun strategy, but uh, you know we're not going to get to see how that actually goes down, and that's so upsetting. It's freaking redonkulous. And then I want to know where Giannis is taken because I'm excited. Giannis will probably go after Kevin Durant, to be honest. Because because Giannis actually cares, like he he's the one that's, that's actually going to play. True, and uh, I think Steph mentioned in the media that he should get Giannis on his team so he doesn't dunk on him like he did last year twice. And you know, one time Steph just laid down on the floor, which was very entertaining. Yeah, because I don't think anyone told Giannis that that's just like a like an exhibition game. <laughs> yeah, he was out there hustling. He was sweating. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think someone told um, Giannis, but he he just didn't really understand because you know he's foreign. I don't know if you knew that. I do, and his accent's adorable, and I love him. Do you want Do you want me to ask him out for you? It, you got his number? Just um, text him Yeah, I'll make some calls. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Actually, LeBron has the first pick. Does he? Yeah. I've been hearing stuff. Nope. I'm on I'm on ESPN.go.com. Oh, well, that's got to be the truth then. Yeah, because LeBron well, picks KD, and then Giannis has um, Steph as the second overall pick. If Steph has Giannis, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, there's a, I mean, it's not like Giannis is hands down the next, but there's a lot of really talented uh, people on this all-star roster. I think, you know, I think it's hands Davis. down. I think it's either... James Harden and Kyrie. I think Anthony Davis. I think it's it's either Giannis or Harden for next pick. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of good. I mean, you want Anthony Davis on your team every day of the week. Joel and B. Well, you want it's his a, first All Star. It's, so. it's an All Star roster. Everyone's yeah, good. I know, but I'm saying like you want mismatches. You know, who's maybe Steph goes all guards and LeBron is a bunch of giant forwards and he yeah, plays point guard. But all these forwards shoot threes. All of them. Except Giannis. <laughs> yeah, well, Giannis, I don't really consider a forward. I, don't, I really don't know what to consider him. He's everything. I mean, he plays center a lot. He plays He plays guard. He plays everything. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm scrolling down and every big man except, I don't know, I don't know if uh, Al Horford's a good. Yeah, he can chuck a three or two. Yeah, so that's like every big man. So Giannis might be the worst three-point shooting person in this game. Yeah, uh, actually, can Embiid shoot threes? Yeah. Can he? Oh, Jesus. I yeah, mean, well, according to 2K, he can. <laughs> and that is the most accurate representation of stats. So, but I agree. Um, yeah, I want I want it to be Steph just goes all guards. And they all just dribble around all day, and LeBron dunks every single time, and they dunk on him every time. That'll dunk, 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 dunk. That's what it was last year, pretty much. So I guess we could draft, but should we wait until the actual draft happens and then and then compare ours? Well, 
why would we, we want to wait till after we hear their teams? Yeah, maybe. You I know what? Just do it. Go. Go? Am I LeBron? You're, or are you LeBron? I. You know what? Screw it. I'm LeBron. Okay. No, I'm Steph. This is good stuff. This is this is really good. <laughs> this is great stuff. Okay, if I'm LeBron, I'm, I'm gonna take and or uh, Kevin Durant. Oh, dumb, dumb pick. Dumb pick, damn it. All right, well I'm Steph, and like I said, I'm taking Kyrie first overall. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and take Russell Westbrook. Dumb. <laughs> okay. Um, second pick, I'm going. Man. Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love. Oh, he's getting in my head. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and take Giannis. Dumb. Man, I'm getting... The crowd is really hating my draft. Well, I'm taking... Jeepers Creepers. James Harden. Because I don't know if, if you knew, but he has a beard. Also, did you know that he paid someone to beat up Moses Malone Jr.? Like a hitman? What? Yeah. Yeah, no one <laughs> ever talks about that. that. So James Harden is like a thug. But like... A really rich one. Yeah, that's cr- what did Moses? What did he do to deserve? I think I think up? I think they got in like a riff at a club. Like you know how how we always get in uh, riffs at, at clubs. Yeah, classic club riffs, absolutely. And uh, so they they did that, and James Harden hired someone to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> Allegedly. Wow. Well, that's fun, ain't it? It is fun. Um. I'm going to get back to the draft. I guess I'll, I'm going to go with... Ah, it's between Embiid and Boogie Cousins. I'm on the edge of my seat. I really can't contain myself. <laughs> I'm going to go with Embiid because he's in his first All-Star game, so he's going to be trying really hard. All right. Well, I'm going to go... Hmm. I'll go Cousins. I'll go Boogie. Okay. God, my team's never going to lose. <laughs> my team's... Dominant. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. I'm sure people are loving us just saying names. This is great. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll just draft because we have six right now, so uh, we can just get to, like, our top, like, eight. We'll do eight. I'll take Clay. Clay Thompson. Because I don't know if you knew this, but he, he's on the same team as Steph Curry, and they're actually brothers. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that. Yeah, they don't fa- look very alike. Yeah, family but. bond. Uh, I'm going to go after your team a little bit. I'm going to take Draymond Green. Terrible. Even though I hate him. You know, Terrible he'll probably choice. be a real douche during the All-Star game and piss off your team. So. Terrible choice. And then Steph and Clay will hate him, and then he'll get released. Traded no. for Kevin Love. I think the Warriors still win. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Have we? Pi- is this is this the last one for the whole shebang? Well, I don't know. I have one more person to take. You might have two more. Oh, Kristaps. That's a good pick. I, I know. I picked it. <laughs> well, then I'm going to take Carl Anthony Towns. Terrible. Terrible pick. Wow, there's a lot of good players in the NBA. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to go John Wall. Shout out to my dad and the song. Yeah. My dad's a huge fan of. Of the John Wall song from college. He always does the dance. He's a big old, big old fan. Well, that was electric. The teams are Jake's got LeBron, KD, Russell Westbrook, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Carl Anthony Towns. The winning team has Steph, Kyrie, Kevin Love, James Harden, Boogie Cousins, Clay Thompson, Chris Stops, and John Wall. I think my team's much better. I'm going to do some simulations later, and I'm going to tweet out the, the uh, results. Are you on 2K? I, I don't have 2K anymore, but I'll... I do. I, I can do some simulations. Yeah, yeah. Do, do like five on five. Yeah, send me those teams, because I just wrote down my team, because I don't care about your crap team. Yeah, well, because you're scared, so you're shaking in your boots. You can't even freaking write like an idiot. Yeah. Well, my team is masterfully designed to destroy yours. I have every big man I could ever want. So much length on this team. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was that was the first that was the first live from the eight one five All Star Game NBA or uh, podcast draft game. Hope you all enjoyed that. I'll put some crazy music in there. (laughs) Our first annual. First annual, second, and third annual. What? I don't know what that meant. All right.
Um, I guess that is all we have for the NBA. Do you want to hop into the new um, top 100 prospects for Major League Baseball since the hot stove is still ice cold? Even though I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw this. The Cubs signed Yu Darvish's personal catcher when he was in uh, the Rangers. So, and then the very next day, a report comes out where they're they are in active contract talks. So, things are looking up. By the time you listen to this, Yu Darvish could be a, a Cub. He could, he could. They're making moves to make him, but uh, there's also reports that the Brewers are in there making some offers. So it's weak. Little... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not scared of the Brewers. Did you hear that they might get rid of the uh, sausage races? What? I don't know why. For what but... reason? I, I mean, I'm not the head of marketing for Brewers, for the head of the Sausage Race Committee. Um, that's just the word on the street here here in Milwaukee. That's total bullshit. <laughs> I really have no idea why they would do that, but it's it could it could just be just a rumor, so I'll just say allegedly. But if, if it's not a rumor, you heard it here first. If it is a rumor, we're just joking. Yeah, that, that's a good... We should preface everything we say with that. Yeah, yeah, we're just joking. But if it's real, credit live from the 5 You're welcome. But on to the uh, pipeline, I guess. Um, the biggest thing that I took away from the newest top 100 prospect list is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They gave him an 80 on a scale of zero, uh, 10 to 80 on his hit <laughs> tool. Yes, they. that's important to know is that they grade from 10 to 80, which is really weird and hard to understand. But uh, you don't see a lot of 80s. Yeah. He's he's actually the first one ever to get 80 in a hit tool, which I saw a graph and it, it said that those who get 80 um, are they they project that during their best seven seasons they're going to average hitting 320, 40 home runs, 120 RBIs. That's insane. I mean, that's very exciting. So that's better than his dad. Yes, who the according to the live from 815 is a Hall of Famer. That's that's incredible. Yeah, I, I remember Yohan Mankata had like uh, they gave him like a seventy hit tool, and I was super excited about that. Yeah, se- seventy still like two ninety thirty five home runs, like ninety RBIs, yeah. which is amazing. But according yeah, to because he also has power, so uh, yeah. Eloy Jimenez uh, has, I believe, he, I know he has the highest hit and the highest power tools in the entire White Sox organization. Eloy's so, going to be a stud, and I'm. I, we we need to if, win if with Quintana. If you guys don't remember, Eloy Jimenez was in the Yoan or not the Yoan, the Jose Quintana deal that the Cubs and Sox made last year. Blockbuster. He is rated number four overall in baseball right now, and uh, deservedly. So he's he's an exciting. He's going to be in Double A next year. Could rise quickly through the ranks because he just looks like a freak. Where's Gliber Torres on that list? He's sixth. Oh, he fell a little bit. Well, that's because he missed last year with a uh, Tommy John surgery on his left elbow, not his throwing arm. So uh, everyone thinks he'll be okay, but he's also know. a shortstop, so you can build. It's it's not like he has to regularly throw hundreds of pitches. True, <laughs> true. This is true. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, so that's number four and six are former Cubs, so that's exciting. Yes, it is. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero is number three, as you mentioned, with that 80-hit tool. Uh, the White Sox have five guys inside the top uh, 100. They have number four, Eloy. Number 11 is Michael Kopech, who is part of the Chris Sale deal with the Red Sox. Number 58, then, is Alec Hansen, a 6'7 pitcher who is terrifying to watch pitch because it just looks scary. Number 59 Luis Robert, I've, there is confirmation that is pronounced Robert. Robert is so much cooler. I know, I'm a little disappointed, but it's Robert. Um, he's number 59. He was the guy we signed for a ton of money out of Cuba. And I follow him on Instagram, and you know what? He's got nice abs, I'll tell you that much. Ooh. He posts them all the time. That's the, that's the only thing I uh, really care about in a, a, a prospect is his abs. I mean, he's, he's absolutely shredded. Let's just, I'm, I'm, you know, you, this, you don't get this kind of talk in other shows. No, this is, this is good Robert, stuff. Robert, shredded. Uh, and then we have number 82, Dane Dunning, who's a, uh, who rose through the ranks really, rather quickly. He was a beast at Florida, but now he's looking pretty good. Uh, but something to note, number nine overall prospect in all of baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. 
if you don't remember that name, uh, I am jealous of you, but he is the guy the White Sox traded for big game James Shields. Big trade. Great trade. <laughs> what a what a James Hahn is a genius. A, I mean he was like sixteen when we traded him, you know, and he weighed like hundred and ten pounds, but he's the number nine prospect in baseball now. Who is number one overall? Uh, Ronald Acuna. Ooh. Like Acuna Matata. Ooh. He's for the Braves. He's a beast. He was in AAA. He'll probably be playing this next year. Number two is Shohei Otani. That's weird. That's weird. Why? Because he's not going to be in the minors at all. He's like 24. Well, he might play a little bit. We'll we'll see. He's still really young. That's all I have for baseball. Is there anything that you have for baseball? No. No, I just ran down everything I know. Well, then we can kick it over to our interview with uh, co-host of the Spiegel and Parkins show every morning on 670 The Score, Danny Parkins. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest, co-host of the Spiegel and Parkins show every morning on 670 The Score, Danny Parkins. Woo! Woo! We have a uh, raging studio audience here. Danny, how you doing today? Oh, I definitely believe. I mean, I you haven't fully said it yet, but I've heard in your uh, interviews the highlight of of your career is going to be a Rockford, Illinois podcast. So I think right now you are living your dream, and you are currently peaking in your career. How does it feel? Well, you know, I, I never knew how it would feel when I got into that moment. Uh, you know, you visualize career achievement so far out into the future, and uh, to actually be living it, it's surreal. Now I know why all of those actors have such a hard time with their speeches during the Academy Awards. I, I assume this is only the same feeling that they have. I think you assume correct. Um, me and Jake are, uh, we're used to this whole fame thing, but but we are here for you, so so there's that. Thank you. It's like a support group. Well, actually, thanks for being on. I'm a big fan. Uh, you took over. I listen to you every morning because you took over for probably my favorite uh, sports personality, uh, Mr. Jason Goff. So well, now you're second. Speechless. Well, now you're second. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a huge fan of the show. But I want to dive into the hard-hitting questions right away. You and Spiegel in the octagon versus Goff and Bernstein. Who comes out on top? <laughs> and it's like, you can be tag team, however you want to. Oh man! Um, well, I think it'd be fair because I think that we would have the two and the three seed, and I think that they would have the one and the four seed. Like I think Bernstein is, you know, he's the smallest and the oldest, so I think that he's probably the four seed. And Jason is in the best shape and the most athletic and exercises, so I think he's clearly the one seed. Spiegel's got weight on everybody, and he works out by boxing, so he'd have some skill set. And I just have no interest whatsoever in physical confrontation, but if push came to shove, I'm pretty sure I could kick Bernstein's ass. So <laughs> I would I, I would say that they probably win in the octagon, because my guess is, is that Jason could dismantle Spiegel's about as quickly as I could dismantle Bernstein, and then it would be me against Goff, and he would wipe the floor with me. So I, I, I think they probably win. That's a lot of confidence uh, coming did. out of you. I like it. He is a new yeah, yeah, I mean, I, 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 got, I got faith in myself in a lot of different areas, but the octagon is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something people I know our fans would pay to see, so keep it in, keep an open mind. Okay, I'll do that. So that uh, checked off all of our Octagon questions, but I guess we can move on to basketball. Um, you made a little uh, Twitter headlines there when you gave Jordan Bell of the Gold State Warriors a T-shirt. That um, It was a, a Chicago Bulls-themed T-shirt where the back said $3.5 million. Uh, tell us a little a bit about that and tell us how it was to be internet famous for about two minutes. Yeah, internet fame is fleeting, uh, kind of like the fame of the Rockford, Illinois podcast. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it was uh, the internet fame thing I could not care less about. Like, that that was just fun and amusing. And it's happened before uh, on a variety of issues, both serious and silly. I prefer the silly most of the time. But, so, like, going viral or anything like that, I, I don't. So, 
doesn't doesn't really phase me uh, at at this point. Uh, it's it's cool because it promotes the show and hopefully sells some shirts and raises money for charity. So like that part of it's cool. I'm not trying to like be too cool for school for that, but it's not like I get flustered by the fact that oh man, a lot of people are looking at my Twitter pictures. Um, how it came about was we had the idea basically right after the draft, but we didn't have the infrastructure to implement it and maybe we're not as proactive on it as we should have been. Because I think if we would have had those shirts out 40, within 48 hours of the draft, I think we would have sold way more. Uh, because now, you know, the Bulls are playing well, and Jordan Bell is in a star, and some of the, the heat of the initial moment have uh, ha- has worn off. But, so, you know, it was just an idea that we had, and uh, Spiegel's uh, fiancé does work for Feed My Starving Children, so... It was in a, bil- in a way to, you know, poke a little bit of harmless fun at the Bulls, uh, laugh at the at uh, how absurd everybody takes sports way too seriously all the time, and that's coming from people who work in sports for our career, but, like, a little bit of harmless fun, and uh, raise some money for a good cause all along the way. So I'm, I'm always down for those sort of things. Some people are like, oh, it's hokey, or a joke, or a bit, and I'm like, yeah, it is, who cares, but it's funny. Uh, so I don't, I don't take myself too seriously. I don't think other people should either. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see taking it. A, taking a jab at Garpack and raising money for charity is an excellent combo, and I don't know why anybody would hate on that. That was beautiful. Well, thank you. That was that, that was kind of my thought, and, and it's a harmless, it's a harmless jab, right? Like it's not, you know, it's not personal. It's not deep spirited. It's just a. Uh, it's just uh, it's just poking a little bit of fun in a in an area that I think deserves to have a little bit of fun poked at it. And Jordan Bell seemed to like it too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he he was really cool about it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting locker room to walk in because there's just MVPs and all stars, champions all over the room. Uh, and then here I am, some guy that nobody knows, <laughs> going to you know the second round pick in his rookie year on the road in Chicago to hand him a t-shirt and I got a bag of them slung over my shoulder. So, you know, it was that, that was a little bit of a weird dynamic. But, yeah, some people who have been fans of the show had tweeted it to Jordan Bell on Twitter. And he thought it was just a joke. And so uh, I think he got a good laugh out of the fact that it was that it was real. And at first he said that uh, Steve Curry told him to tone it down a little bit because of all the trolling that he did in the first matchup. And then, like, less than 10 seconds later, he was like, yeah, but who cares? And he took the shirt and put a picture out on his Snapchat and enjoyed it and was showing it to his teammates. So, again, good, good, harmless, clean fun two hours before a regular season NBA game. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, let's stick with the Bulls. Uh, they have an issue right now that nobody really expected uh, come this point, you know, at the beginning of the season, and that is they keep – they're winning too many games. Uh, how would you fix that, Danny? Fix the Bulls, make them a worse team. What do they got to do to uh, get one of those bottom five spots so they can be in the lottery? Well, I think you got to trade Nico. I think that one's obvious. Uh, his minutes are already going down with Levine coming back. So I, I think if you trade any piece that's not a part of the future and don't really take anything back in return. Like, just take back draft capital. Whether it's future seconds, future firsts, protected firsts. Like, the best draft capital you can get sell off pieces that are not a part of the future but are contributing right now. And I think that list is headed by Nico Meritich, closely followed by Robin Lopez, and then followed by a guy like uh, Holiday or Jaron Grant. Like those, those guys should not be contributing to wins right now. The question, though, is what, what teams that are contenders want to add limited players like Holiday, Grant, and, and Lopez? Like these are not great difference-making players on championship teams, and a lot of teams in the NBA are tanking. So it it takes two to tango. Uh, The other reality that I think we have to come to is they're not going to get a top three pick based on, like, bottom three record. They might luck into it with the lottery, but they're too good. Like, there are too many teams that are too bad, and the Bulls are too good. Like, Levine will only get better as he gets his win back and uh, his conditioning up and all of that. And Markkinen looks like a future star, and Dunn's legit, and they're not going to be able to trade everybody, and Hoiberg's doing a good job of reaching them, and they're playing really hard. So, And there's some really crappy teams out there. So 
they're not going to have a bottom three record, but I think the way you put it as a top five pick is, is plenty reasonable. Like The difference between the ninth pick and the fifth pick in terms of a percentage chance to go up into you know the top three in the lottery is if you got the if you have the ninth worst record in the NBA, you've got like an eight percent chance of moving up into the top four. And if you have the fifth fifth worst record in the NBA, you've got like a thirty percent chance to move into the top three. So that gap between the ninth worst record and the fifth worst record is absolutely something to strive for. And they're only as of the recording of this podcast one game out of the fifth worst record in the NBA. So I think, you know, a few more, uh, just just a few moves and, you know, a two-week Chris Dunn injury and maybe a little bit of uh, fortuitous breaks along the way could have the Bulls go in the right direction in the standings. You uh, bring up Fred Hoiberg. Do you believe that he will make it through the whole rebuild, or do you think this is going to be another uh, um, Renteria situation when he was with the Cubs, where he was the manager for the whole rebuild, and then once they got good, they got a, a, uh, a coach to put him over the top? question that I don't think we have the answer for Thank you. right now. Uh, you're welcome. All right. But I, I, I think it, it kind of depends, right? It, it depends. Is the final piece to this puzzle a, mar, a marquee frontline free agent that only comes here if, you know, he can bring his own coach with it, right? Like, like if LeBron changes teams this offseason, any team in the league is willing to fire their coach in order to get LeBron with the exception of, you know, Kerr and Golden State and Pop and San Antonio and stuff like that. Not that I think LeBron's coming to Chicago, but, you know, I, I, I wonder, it kind of depends how the team looks when they're ready to compete and how much credit he gets two years into the future for developing this team. But we know that the Reinsdorfs are loyal to their employees, and we know that it looks like he's reaching this collection of talent really well. And it looks like his style of play fits in the modern NBA pretty well. So I think that Fred Hoiberg is going to be here for the foreseeable future. But like the best Bulls team under Lowry Markinen is that coached by Fred Hoiberg. Like I, I think it's probably way too early to say. Uh, and you uh, say Lowry Markinen as if he's, is he the number one of a future big three in Chicago? Do you think he could be that one, or is he more of a 1B type player? And the Bulls still need to go out and find their superstar to lead them to the playoffs. Well, I mean, I think every time I watch him play, I keep raising the ceiling on what he is, right? Like, I think if I had to bet right now, does Lowry Market and make an all-star team in his career, I'd say yes. But if I had to say, would he make a first-team All-NBA in his career, I'd say no. But we're two-thirds of the way into his rookie year. So he's clearly trending in the direction of being an all-star. And then the question is, there's a gap between all-star and superstar. So if he's the third best player on your team, I think you're a champion. If he's the second best player on your team, you're probably competing for a top four seed and maybe a conference finals. And, you know, or I, yeah, you understand what I'm saying. And if he's the best player on your team, you maybe are, you know, fringe playoff team and all that. So, but that's as of right now. Like that, that can change too. But the goal is to add talent that is better than Lowry Marketing. I just don't know. You know, they got lucky in this draft, right? They they got a top four prospect with the seventh pick. We'll we'll see if that happens again. But I think Lowry Marketing will be an all star for the Chicago Bulls. So that's that. That's where I'm at with him right now. Well, I think that's all we have for basketball, unless Jake has any more hard-hitting questions. No, that's enough Bulls talk for one day. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's move on to the Chicago Bears. Um, So we had Patrick Manley on the show, and he said that no matter who the Bears hired to be their head coach, uh, he just wanted somebody who could come in and uh, command the room. Is Matt Nagy that guy? I think so, by all accounts. I mean, he did really well at his opening press conference and his second press conference at Kansas City. People like him, and he's hardworking, direct, young, can relate to players, played the game, played the game at different levels, was in Philly, was in Kansas City, worked under Andy Reid, uh, respected offensive minds. Like, I, I think he checks a lot of boxes for a guy who could command the room. 
And I think that you saw some natural leadership from him at that press conference, the accountability for the second-half play calling of the Chiefs-Titans playoff game uh, is a point that a lot of people have highlighted. So I, I think that he's the guy that commands the room, and, and that's a very uh, player thing to say you know, for Pat Manley. I think it makes a lot of sense that that's what he would look for. I, I just hope he's the right guy to maximize Mitch Trubisky because I think Mitch Trubisky's talent gets cultivated in the right direction. The Bears could have a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, and that's something that we haven't really seen in Chicago. So... To me, there's a lot of things that he needs to do, and commanding the room is certainly high up on the list. Yeah, you you know, we had a special teams guy in there with Pat Manley, so of course you wanted a guy who led the room, and he was pushing for Dave Powell to become the head coach of the Bears, but uh, that didn't quite work out. Um, the Bears over-under of wins was set at six and a half already for next year, which I think is somewhat generous, seeing how they won eight games in the last two years. But I'd say for Bears fans, it's a little disappointing. What do you, what do you see coming? Uh, I know there's so many variables, but uh, do you feel comfortable with that six and a half, over six and a half wins? No, uh, because there hasn't been free agency. There hasn't been the draft, and it's a first-year head coach. So, and it's a really tough division. Like, Rodgers will be back healthy. Uh, Detroit will have a new coach, and they've been in the playoffs two of the last four years, and Next year, probably still have the better quarterback, uh, Stafford v. Trubisky. And then there's the Vikings, who just played in the NFC Championship game. And that's six of your games right there. So, no, I wouldn't feel great about the over at six and a half. But, you know, five wins in the last, or the the eight wins in the last two years thing that you cite, I think they are clearly moving in the right direction. And even if they are a six or a seven win team right in there this year, the wins and losses, and I know this is uh, this seems a little ridiculous because Bears fans are like, come on, three straight last play seasons under John Fox, time to win. Like, if at the end of next season you still feel good about Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and Mitch Trubisky, then it was a successful season. Whether it was five wins or nine wins, like they're not going to win the Super Bowl next year, so I'm not sure that the win total matters that much. But like. If after next season, and we're two years in to Trubisky, we're four years through with, four drafts through with Ryan Pace, and one year into Matt Nagy, and we're like, damn, the Bears got it right at coach, quarterback, and GM, let's go, then I think that's when you start talking about, you know, no more organizational changes, no more turnover, you start tinkering with the roster instead of overhauling it. And you start talking about that leap to the playoffs two years from now. So you bring up the uh, NFL draft. Who who do you want to see the Bears take in the first round? Is it a uh, wide receiver to give uh, Trubisky a toy, or are you still scarred by the Kevin White selection like the rest of us? No, I, I, I think it's ridiculous to hold past failures at a position against you. Like, like what, what does Kevin White have to do with Calvin Ridley? Like, less than nothing. They're different players, different schools, different years, like, like, different quarterbacks that they'd be going into, different injury history, different ages. Like, that they, that means nothing to me. Uh, best player available at position of need, preferably an impact position on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. So, pass rusher, secondary player, wide receiver. Like, that, that would be my preference. And if you draft an offensive lineman, he better be great. Uh, because I think that with the modern NFL and how quickly teams throw the ball and Trubisky's athleticism, uh, you, uh, spending the eighth pick overall on a guard out of Notre Dame, like, he better be Zach Martin. Like, he better be an all-pro caliber type of player, because I just don't, I personally believe that it's elite skill position talent that wins in the NFL. Uh, so if, whatever that is, if it's Minka Fitzpatrick, if Bradley Chubb fell somehow, if it's uh, Jackson, the corner from Iowa, or Ward, the corner from, from Ohio State, or if it's Ridley from Bama, or wh- whoever it is that's an impact player, that's where I'm at. Like, you know, we haven't had the combine yet. There haven't been pro days. Uh, I haven't studied film on everybody yet. There's still three months until the draft. But to me, the Bears have they had no pro bowlers this past year. So I don't think you can say I need them to do anything at this position. They they, they just need difference-making, game-changing talent. 
That's, that's a good answer. And as is tradition with the Bears, I'm sure that whoever they want, the superstar, will drop to the eighth overall pick and be selected right before them, like every year. Uh, right, like the Aaron Donald situation. Aaron Donald, yeah. goddamn. Or Leonard Williams. or You know, it seems to just happen every year where uh, the defensive superstar goes right before the Bears. But, uh, you know, we can jump in to... You know, you, you mentioned, sorry, jump back to the Calvin Ridley-Kevin White comparison. I think it's absolutely, you know, asinine because Kevin White was the superstar athlete with one good year of college football, and Calvin Ridley is the guy for fighting through a terrible passing offense to put up impressive stats at a, at a giant school. So I, I think it's a terrible comparison, and in my opinion, Calvin Ridley would be exactly what the Bears need, so... Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be it'd be great. I just don't, I don't think that it. I think it's silly to say you know, um, go down the list. Like, should you not draft Baker Mayfield because he's a quarterback at Oklahoma and so is Sam Bradford? Like, they just don't have anything to do. They don't have anything to do with each other. Uh, People so, usually compare him to Johnny Manziel, which is just as stupid. So. Right, I just, you know, should the Lions not have taken Calvin Johnson because they missed with Charles Rogers in the first round? You know, or it's just, that's silly. Like, that, that's, there's no there's no reason to do that. Like, the, the, the only thing the Bears will not do in the eighth, the only thing I can say for sure is they're not going to take a quarterback with the eighth pick, and they're not going to take a running back with the eighth pick. Like, other than that, I think everything's on the table for the Bears. So you have uh, had quite the career so far. Other than this being your peak, who has been your favorite uh, person that you've ever interviewed on your show currently or in the past? Oh, man. Um, Favorite person I've ever interviewed currently or in the past. I've done a lot of cool stuff. Jim Beheim used to occasionally call into my post-game show in, in Syracuse when he was driving home. Uh, I interviewed Jim Brown in Syracuse. Uh, we Rex Hubler, who's a crazy person and the broadcaster of the Royals and a dear friend of mine, he would come in and do an hour in the off-season to talk about anything and everything in, in Kansas City. And he would bring on a friend, like kind of like we do with Pat Manley during the football season here. Uh and one time Rex Hubler got Bo Jackson to call in, and we did 45 minutes with Bo Jackson, uh, commercial-free, telling just insane story after insane story. So I, I had to talk to Bo Jackson about Tecmo Super Bowl and how he was unfair in that game. Uh, that that was amazing. Um, you know, there have been, there've, there've been lots, of, lots of cool moments. Uh, it's a... It's a really cool career, and uh, you get to talk to some really cool people. I, I'm a broadcast dork, so you know I've interviewed Jim Nance multiple times, Al, Al Michaels, Mike Tirico, Bob Costas, like the, the absolute pinnacles of the profession. Um, so it, you know, all of those are really cool for me personally. So I, uh, you know, I, I get a kick out of that stuff. Well, next time anybody asks us that question, our first answer is probably going to be Danny Parkins. Nah, it should be Fergie Jenkins. Come on, that's actually true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're on, a, a distant I mean, second. You, you, you can put me in front of Pat Manley if you want, but but not Fergie Jenkins. We'll have you and yeah, Pat we'll, enter the we'll uh, octagon again for the, for that uh, for the answer to that question. Who's number two on the list? But yeah, Fergie's definitely number one. So good call there. Does doesn't hurt my feelings in the in the slightest. I uh, <laughs> I could never throw one complete game, much less like. 150 or whatever he did. It was like 130 30, in like one season. Right, he's a ridiculous, awesome guy too. Well, uh, my last question is a pop quiz. See how uh, into yourself you are. When you Google Danny Parkins, what are the first two things Google suggests you to search? Do you Ooh, know? Good question, Jake. The Google suggests you search. Yeah, like I search Danny Parkins, and the first thing that pops, the first two things that pop up. What do you think they are? Uh, God, I mean, I would guess Twitter and wife. 
that is exactly correct. Oh God! Really? He he yeah. googles himself all the time. What are you talking well, about? It's, it's funny. I mean, a I, I have googled myself. Obviously, I googled myself today actually because during transition we were talking about uh, other people who shared the same name because Dan Bernstein is not even the most uh, accomplished Dan Bernstein in Chicago. Because he said not even the most accomplished Daniel J. Bernstein in Chicago because a research professor at UIC invented email. Um, and so we were talking about like what, like if we Google ourselves, like what comes up first. And I think the only other Danny Parkins has something to do with like professional disc golf Ooh. Uh, or, or something like that. Yeah. So I, I've got him from on the, uh, on the fame card. But yeah, I, fi- I figure. You know, Danny Parkins' wife, Danny Parkins' salary, Danny Parkins' Twitter, Danny Parkins' radio. I, I would think those would be among my top Google searches. Yeah, all four of you, Spiegel, you, uh, Bernstein, and Goff, uh, three of you have wife as the first two. Only Bernstein has salary searched more than his wife. So what does that tell you? It tells me that he makes more money than all of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People are very angry about it. Well, yeah, he deserves every penny. Well, that oh, is, um, I guess that is all we have. Do you have a Super Bowl pick coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course I'll have a Super Bowl pick, but it's gonna, it's going to be wrong. Uh, so mm. I, ha- I haven't, I haven't made it yet. Uh, I, it, it feels like the Patriots will win, but the Eagles might cover, and it'll be a close game. But I'm done. I'm, I, I shouldn't pick against the Patriots, but they didn't cover this last time against the Jaguars, so. I, it, it doesn't matter. You guys don't want my Super Bowl pick based on my gambling in 2018. So I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a good pick, but I'm sure by game time I will. And people can find it on Twitter at Danny Parkins, and uh, it'll be a loser, pretty much guaranteed. Perfect. So are you, are you a yeah. man to um, gamble on the prop bets for Super Bowl? Yeah, of course. What do you yeah, have for the color of the Gatorade? <sighs> color of Gatorade is always a tough one. Um, you know, not 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 a lot of value there in the in the popular popular ones. I like I like clear. Oh. I don't think that clear is a nice little dark horse because picking the color is tough, but you know that every team has water on the sideline. Ooh, I like that. Right. So, so I I like I like clear as uh, as the Gatorade as the final color. Yeah, I lost a lot of money on uh, Lady Gaga's halftime performance because she sang a few lines of "God Bless America." I had I, I had I had money on uh, Poker Face, which was the second song after God Bless America. So I was not a happy camper. That's a tough technicality. That's a tough loss. I'm I'm still losing sleep over it. I believe you. <sighs> I believe you. Well, that, I guess I guess that's it for us. Jake, okay. uh, anything? No, I'm I'm good. Thanks a lot for coming on. Well, Danny, I love. I will never forget the time that we had together. So we we both really really um, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, thank you, thank, thank thank you for having me. I I can't say that I'll never forget it, uh, <laughs> but I will I will try to never forget it and have me on again. And then you can say that I was your favorite guest ever because I bet Bertie Jenkins didn't come on twice. Correct. Yeah, and I'm positive he probably will never come on again. So. Well, there you go. See, there's, there's one area where I'm better than Bergie Jenkins. Well, thank you very much, everyone. That is uh, Danny Parkins again. You can find him as the host of the Spiegel and Parkins show every morning on 670 to score. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. No problem. Have a good one. That's good stuff. What, a, what an interview. That's good stuff. Well, that, that concludes all the uh, sports talk that we have for you, folks. Um, big thanks to Danny. Shout out to my buddy Joe for um, helping me figure out how to get to Danny, so that's cool. Um, all right. Well, hey, what's your update on any uh, new shows and or movies? Um, uh, not much. I watched a movie last night on Netflix called The Open House, and it was a scary movie. And it might have been the worst movie I've seen in years. That's what it the would... that's what the guy from Thirteen Reasons Why, right? Yes. So bad. Okay. Like they don't explain anything. You just you're just left at the end. Like it just ended. Like I just started laughing at the end because I was like, "Are you kidding me?" They just didn't explain anything. Nothing was scary. It was awful. 
Just the worst. Don't watch Open House on Netflix. You, oh, you know what? As you say that, for some reason, you know what? Uh, you know what's coming back tomorrow on Thursday? What? Tiger freaking Woods. Oh. It's his first PGA start of the season. Um, this one's like a real tournament, not like the one where it was that he threw himself and played in. But <laughs> Tiger Fusion Backwoods, because his oh, because baby. he took a fusion surgery. Um, everyone's saying he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger than ever. Ever so, before? Ever before. So Tiger Woods coming back. Just I just had to bring that up. But yeah, um, so that's what you'll be watching. That's that's what I'll be watching. So I have been still cooking on Black Mirror. I just got into season four. There's some good episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I've heard people like it a lot. So for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically the modern version of the Twilight Zone. Every episode's different. Everything is at like an alternate like reality. Way more messed up. Oh, it's so much more messed up. Um, there, the I actually watched one last night where I liked the ending. It made me feel good. Really? Yeah, it was weird. Maybe one of my favorite uh, episodes ever. If you if, if you're watching or if you have seen it, season four, hang the DJ, with the uh, dating service. Uh, yeah, I'm Jake. <laughs> Jake can definitely relate there. I uh, couldn't get past the first episode. Watched it, and I did not want to watch the second. Well, you should, because you're missing out. They're, they're great. One thing I am planning on watching, because I'm an adult, um, it's newly added to Netflix, the Captain Underpants movie. Oh, is it just on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. That's very exciting, actually. I, I was excited when that was in theaters. I was just like, eh, It looks hilarious. I'm not going to spend 20 bucks to see it. So, it's, it's, it's now on Netflix. I will, I promise I will watch it by the time next episode rolls around. Yeah, I, I'm gonna try to watch it. Absolutely. Well, you know Your what? In-depth, two-hour-long review of the Captain Underpants movie. Expect yes. that next episode. Yes. Um, well, that's that's all we got. Um, don't forget, Jake. I know you hate reading books. Oh, hate it! I barely know how. Yeah. So what? What better way to learn, act like you're cultured, um, than somebody reading books for you? So you can go to Audible. Doc, uh, wait, that's not it. <laughs> What's, what is it, Jake? Um, I, I, I should have wrote this down. He sent it to me. This is, this is really good. <laughs> you should put this whole thing in here. <laughs> All right. Audibletrial.com slash live from the 815. You get a 30-day free trial of Audible, Jake. 30 days. 30 full days. That's... You know how many books you can listen to in that time? A, a million. Uh, I don't think that's right. Whatever. Prove me wrong. I mean, it's like 720 hours, so... Prove me wrong. If you want to read The Great Gatsby, but you don't have the time, or you don't know how to read, type in these letters. <laughs> um, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com... Slash Life in the One Five. I just came up with that jingle. It's pretty good, huh? That, that was so bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> AudibleTrial.com slash Life in the One Five. That is it, folks. Episode thirty-one in the books. Big thank you to Danny Parkins. Um, go to at Danny Parkins on the Twitter.com. Follow him. Um, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating. Review us. Follow us on Twitter at BackupQB underscore Blog. Go to Facebook, give us a like. Go to YouTube, and look up Backup Quarterback Colton. That's me, C-O-L-T-O-N. We're giving you so many things to do. Um, what else we got, Jake? Uh, <laughs> I think that's all we got. Check out the blog. Colton's posting it there all the time. We Yeah, we have we have two other bloggers. Shout out to Luke and um, Ethan. They are, are uh, posting some blogs, too, so we are cooking. And uh, backupquarterback.com. That's it. Anything else? Final thought, Jake. Go. Final thought. Don't forget to salt your driveways. It gets icy out there. My final thought is Tiger's back. He's going to win a million majors. He's going to be the greatest athlete of all time. That's it. That's just that's just two facts to end your uh, to end your show. So thanks for listening. Peace in the Middle East. And don't be a beast. Make sure your bread has yeast.
we should get a new jingle guy. I'm working on it. Money, 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 money. Yeah! Yeah! Hey! 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 Hey!